48 hour art check best of podcast we go live monday wednesday on youtube 9 p.m california time and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later you can always check things out at coreyker.com slash 48 hr we take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast Today's topic is labels, and uh, I was I was tweeting this the other day, and then I just threw it out to Josh. I was like, you know, I I, I kind of want to unpack this. I kind of want to just talk about this because I know uh, I know it's irrational, and, and yet I feel it very strongly. And I and I and I think there are a few reasons. So I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw some stuff out there, and uh, and you guys tell me I'm dumb or that I'm right. And then, uh, and then we'll see where it goes. So basically I, I have always struggled committing to, uh, a fandom or a label or a thing because of a number of reasons. Like I am concerned about the perception of other people. I'd like to think if I'm being perfectly honest, I'd like to think I don't care what other people think, but if I'm being really honest, I do care what other people think because I've learned that my perception, especially in the workplace directly affects my ability to earn. And so, you know, I'd like to be this kind of like lone wolf guy that just does his own thing and everybody, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks or whatever, but like, I mean, I've gotten raises based on making changes that are purely aesthetic, you know, like I just, at one job I stopped, wearing t-shirts and I started wearing like suit coats, you know, or whatever. And I started just dressing up a little nicer and it was actually not my performance at that place, but the fact that I changed the way that I dressed where people started taking me seriously and then noticed what I was doing because they just didn't take me seriously before. So I have this thing in the back of my mind, given that, I'm uncomfortable with that because I don't like it. I don't, I don't like making decisions based on how other people feel about me. So there's, there's kind of this, this like dissonance, this cognitive kind of issue that I've got. So the other thing is um, I, I have, I have imposter syndrome and I don't feel comfortable claiming skills that I have as a title or as a label. And so like I've gotten pretty good at illustration I have a long ways to go. I'm, I'm unhappy with a lot of the things that I, that I'm not able to do well in that field. Um, but I, but I, if I'm honest, I know that I've achieved a certain level of quality. Um, but I also am very aware of where I lack and I'm also very aware of my peers, um, and how much better some of them are at those things that I lack. And so I feel very uncomfortable saying I am an illustrator or I am a cartoonist or I'm a whatever. I just barely started learning animation. And there are people that have spent decades of their life and have Oscars and Emmys under their belt and work on productions that are like known um, and do different styles of animation that I consider more difficult or more technically uh you know, in depth or whatever. So there's all of these things where I'm like, I feel very uncomfortable claiming that I'm an animator, but, but what I'm doing is I'm producing animation. So by definition I am. So there's all of those things like this, that, that kind of side of it. Also, um, if I were to say, uh, I like Rick and Morty or I like, uh, I like comic books or I like this or I like that what if somebody has a horrible experience with somebody from that fandom, you know, or another thing is I also like, I enjoy things, but I don't think I'm enjoying things at the level of the extreme fan, the very vocal fan of those things. I'm like, I like stuff, but I'm not sure if I can commit to being a fan of that thing to the level of some of the people that I see, and so I, I'm always a little worried about being like, you know, like quizzed, you know, or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know. 
you know, what Boba Fett's hair color is or whatever. You know, I'm like, there's always some weird random, like, oh yeah, you're not a real fan if you don't know whatever. And I'm like, I just kind of like the thing, you know, I enjoy it and I draw it sometimes and I, I like talking about it, but like, am I a true fan? So I, I've got all this stuff. And then the last one is something in um, something that comes up in the, in the war of art, which is the people that are faking something really cling to labels and the people who aren't faking it um, just don't worry about whether you are considered a writer or not just write. you know, don't worry about whether you're considered to be, you know, uh, a, a, an artist or a painter or an illustrator or whatever, just like, just do it and don't, don't label it and don't broadcast it. So anyway, those are kind of like two or three of the things that swirl around my head. And I just, I always feel like I don't, I don't know why I'm so hesitant to just say, you know, this is something I enjoy and this is something that I do um, to people. And, and it's not that I don't do that, but I'm just very uncomfortable doing it. Mm. So I don't know. Does that, does that trigger anything? Am I just nuts over no. here? No, you're not nuts. Like the, the whole, when you're talking about Boba Fett, the, the whole Star Wars thing. Cause like, I, I mean, I always consider myself such a Star Wars fan you know, because it's really, honestly, Star Wars has such, had such an impact in, on my life. And just, it's pretty much like almost like the number one reason why I wanted to be creative and create things is what I saw when I saw that movie. And, and that's kind of the thing is like, I don't know half of this other, all this other stuff that's going on with, you know, what's going on in the comics and what's going on. You know, it's such a vast thing and there's all these different characters. And it, it was when I was a kid, I tried to. I just try to eat all that stuff up, but now it's just kind of gotten away from me. There's so many other things and there's people online that they know all of this stuff, but does that make them a bigger fan than me? Because I mean, I, the thing I've got in my back pocket is that I was there when this thing came out. I was there when star Wars figures came, came in. I, I had them like the first versions of these characters. And I, you know, I was, I was there open. I mean, I, I don't think I was, I was probably a little too young to be there opening day on star Wars but I remember seeing it, you know, when it came out and I was definitely there opening day, every movie since then. So it, it you know, I consider myself a fan, but it, at some point, I mean, uh, wh what makes you a true fan? Do you have to get involved in all this other stuff? Do you have to know yeah. all this stuff? Or can you just have it like me where it just influenced me so much and I, I love it, but you know, but I compared to some of these other people, well, maybe I'm not so much of a fan. Yeah. I've had like super fans that I think are so into the trivia. I almost wonder if they even like the thing they like. Like, I, <laughs> no one hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. So they actually can't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. So I'm I'm of a similar ilk where it's like it hugely like Star Wars is a great example. Hugely shaped my life. Um, I remember piles of Lucasfilm uh, fan club magazines like lining our, you know, like my, when my sisters and I used to like pour through those and like combing the racks of like toy stores and being all bummed out that the only thing left was the sand people figures, um, which back in the day was like one figure nobody would buy, which is weird. Oh, I love the sand. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. In retrospect, it's really weird that that and like, yeah, anyhow. Um, like Lando figures didn't sell too well either. And it's like, the, those were always the backstock ones. And in retrospect, I'm like Lando and the sand people were probably some of the coolest characters. <laughs> but my point is I'm also like not a fan to the extent of like, I had to kind of remember like, Oh yeah, that chick's name is Mon Mothma. Like I didn't remember that. Like I just didn't like it's this, she's this side character who's in the film for like three seconds. It's like, I remember Porkins. Right, but like there's there's guys that just don't remember at all. Yeah. And the leader uh, it's funny that the leader of the whole rebellion is like, you know, kind of this minor character in the as far as the cinematic part of it that you actually see. You know? <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, so that's you know, it's like I, I get that. It's like I'd call myself a fan, but would I call myself like a fan to the level of like I used to mess with people who were like super fans. Um actually one of my favorite I really want to buy this shirt, but there's a hilarious shirt that has the enterprise and then it says star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I want that so bad. <laughs> so, so that's, that's kind of one of the things that I'm curious about is, is why, 
Why do we feel like we need to equivocate or qualify or, you know, I don't, I don't like that. I do that. Cause I do the same thing. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm, you know, why, why can't I just say, yeah, I like that thing. Like, what am I, what am I afraid of? Like, what am I afraid is going to happen is somebody's going to like come at me with some sort of nerd trivia or something. And I'm going to be like, I don't know. And then, and then what, then nothing, then nothing happens. But for some reason, like I, I'm concerned. I'm, I, I just, I don't know the labels and the, and the comparison is just weird. It's just weird. So I'm curious, do you guys, cause I mean, this gets into the realm of like imposter syndrome, but, uh, but I mean, like I, you know, like I'm around people um, at work uh, that are significantly more educated than I am or have, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, prestigious, background, you know, where they worked at places that people recognize, you know, you can say a name and they're like, Oh, wow. You know, or whatever. Um, and like, I have a very like low key background. I've done a lot of cool things, but I haven't done them for anyone that anybody recognizes. And, and so I just wonder sometimes like about, and, and and I think it's in the forefront of my mind because I've just started a new semester. And at the beginning of the semester, there's this weird, I don't want to call it a game, but there's this weird little dance where I'm not terribly interested in trying to convince the students how cool I am, but I do need them to understand that like I have some expertise that is valuable to them. And so there's this weird kind of like thing where I'm not interested in like recounting my, my CV in class or whatever, but at the same time, I do need to kind of like establish some, some level of expertise in, in some of the things so that they don't, so that they know like, oh yeah, this isn't just some, some random dude. This guy's like done it or whatever, but yeah. I'm always concerned. I never want to represent myself as, as, as being more than I am or as bragging or whatever. And so th- there's always this kind of like weird, it's a weird dynamic at work, you know? And I, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been teaching now for in December will be six years and I'm still, it's still a weird thing. Cause you're, you're, you're just on, on display constantly. And there's also like this, this comparison thing where we, um, where we go through and, and I love that I work with people that are able to do this. We openly say, Oh, you should go talk to, professor so-and-so because he's better at that than I am. Or you should go talk to professor such and such because her experience, uh, you know, with, with her background is, is more towards what you're doing than me. And they do the same with me. And I like that I've been in an environment where it's not like hyper competitive because I know a lot of educational places are like weird ladder climbing and politics and stuff, but it's still just an odd, still just an odd thing, you know? Like even just talking to the two of you guys, and I know that I know every time I say stuff like this, you guys argue with me, but like, I don't feel like I'm in the same league, you know, with like the type of clients or the the number of years of experience or, or whatever. There's any number of things that, that I could either rationally or rationally, like, you know, take myself out of, you know, out of the three of us and say, you know, I don't, one of these things is not like the other. And I don't know why I do that or what the point of that is, but like, that's, that's something that's deep into the deep into the not labeling myself. Like if I say that I'm an illustrator, you know, Josh is also an illustrator, but he's been doing this for like a decade plus more than I have and has clients that people recognize, you know, if I, if I say that I'm a, I'm an animator, you know, there, there are quote unquote real animators out there, you know, or whatever. And I'm related to some of them that like make movies that people know anyway. So it's just, I, do you guys experience that at all? Or is that just, uh, uh yeah, I, I mean, right now I'm kind of thinking about that because I'm working on this course, this YouTube course, this, uh, making comics one one And I'm like, hey, am I really somebody who can talk about making comics? I've never worked for Marvel. I've never worked for DC, but I've created comics. I, I, I know enough about comics and I, right. I love comics and I create my own comics and everything. Um, but you know, is somebody going to like, who's this guy to teach comics? He doesn't have a, he's never done a quote professional comics, even though the few comics that I've done, it's kind of, 
it's just a weird thing. The few comics that I've done have probably made more than what Marvel or DC has paid, but they're not Marvel or DC. So, right. I mean, the ones that I've done for clients and things anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I it's kind of a back and forth and like, do, am I really qualified to teach comics or, or not? I don't know. So like, to me, like something that comes to mind um, it is kind of one of the points in the war of art, which is uh, this idea like that um, there's a lot of people who will kind of walk around and call themselves writers, but they don't write. And, and some of those people are, are writers who were successful and maybe they're resting on their laurels and they're calling themselves like, yes, I'm a writer. I wrote this book. And then it's like 15 years from then it becomes less and less relevant when they're like, I'm a writer because you're like, well, are, do you write though? Cause like if I were a carpenter like 20 years ago, I probably wouldn't introduce myself as a carpenter today unless I was doing carpentry. Right. Yeah. Um, or if I were like a plumber back in the day and then I moved on to a different line of work, I, I wouldn't be introducing myself as a plumber to people. So anyhow, the gist of it in the war of art was like, you call yourself like a writer when you're writing. So like you earn the right to call yourself a writer by writing. And if you wrote today, cool, you're a writer, right? That's, that's the big entry to the secret club. And I'd say the same to like, you know, illustration or cartooning. It's like, if you are actively cartooning, you're a cartoonist. And if you're getting paid to do that, then congrats, you're a professional. Like, right? That's all there is to it. Like there's no, there's no more complication to it. There's no like, and I, and I can tell you like, and this is one thing that helps me with my imposter syndrome because I totally experience what you guys are talking about. Uh, I've, I've talked about it before, but the first time walking into the NCS, National Cartoonist Society, like in LA, I just felt completely out of place. I was like, I just, I mean, there's guys that have directed Disney films. There's cartoonists who do like comics that are like, you know, YA comics that are bestsellers and stuff. And people have won like the Caldecott, you know, like really huge laurels and stuff for these people. But what's weird is nobody in that room's like judging other people um, based on that because the thing is, like, no matter who's publishing you, it's not going to mask your talent. And so, like, if you are super successful, but let's say you draw a crappy hand, um, you still draw crappy hands. It doesn't matter if you're published by Image or Marvel or anybody. If you can't draw a hand, you can't draw a hand. And you can't fake that you can draw a hand. You know what I mean? It's just visible. So that's the, that's the thing we're all judged on is like the, the art itself. And, and that's where it's like, you know, um, and I, and I can also say like, you know, having had like, I, I, you know, and I know Scott has too, um, had like some pretty big names that sound really impressive on a resume that we've worked for. But I can also say from that experience, like some of those names of people I've worked for would never end up in my portfolio ever. Um, and I mean, not the names of the people, but the work I did for them, um, because it was relatively boring, you know what I mean? So it's like on, on paper, it sounds really cool to be like, I worked for like, uh, Miller genuine draft. Like that's, that's one of my clients. That's a huge client. That's a good thing to land. But, um, you'll notice if you look at my current portfolio, there's not a lot of stuff from that campaign on my site. If there is, it's really turned down from what I did. Um, so to me, it's like, I guess what I'm getting at is like with labels, it, it's like there are certain labels you earn. You don't like, you don't like have to feel, um, but, but, it, but it's not like a hard entry to earn. Like you just kind of earn by doing. Like if you illustrate, then you're an illustrator. You know, if you get paid to illustrate, great. You're a professional illustrator, right? That's the only qualification. There's no like secret door outside of that. Now, if you walk around calling yourself an illustrator, but you aren't illustrating, that's a problem, you know, cause that's posing. Um, but you know, it's like calling yourself a musician, 
doesn't 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 necessarily mean you're like signed to a giant record label. It just means you play music. You know, calling yourself a professional musician just means you get paid to play music. Cool, right? That's it. So what I'm getting at is like I think there's people that would like those laurels and stuff to be kind of the mystical entry that no one else can kind of get in. But the beauty of like art is that's just not how it works. Like there's no like secret entryway to it. Like if you want to be a commissioned painter, if you sell a painting, if you're a five-year-old, you make a great painting and you sell it, you're a professional artist for that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like there's literally like, you know, uh, you could get a crappy review by a bunch of art critics and stuff and get a lot of older people pissed off at you for selling it as a five-year-old. Right. But the point is like it, you just sold art like that you created. So congrats, you're a professional artist, you know, it's, there's no, like, I guess what I'm getting at is like the mysticism of it really only suits people. Um, well, I don't know. I don't want to get myself into too much trouble, but I'd say like the kind of people that are like hanging on their laurels and trying to make um, the art world like a hard entry. Um, like, like you can't be an, you can't call yourself an illustrator unless you, right. whatever. Um, I think a lot of those people by the definition of like, you just need to be actively doing it. A lot of those people aren't they're resting on those laurels and like trying to kind of keep a secret like country club entrance um, so that they don't get exposed for kind of the charlatans they are. So I think other than that, I think most people I've met who work for like dream clients are equally as interested in like some cool indie comic as they are in like, you know, art outside of that and stuff. Does that make sense? So, so I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but my point is like, it's like, um, you don't have to play like shredding leads to play rock and roll. In fact, some of the crappiest rock bands have the most proficient, you know, musicians in them. Um, sometimes you just need to know like four chords and just be able to like have a good taste in what you're doing and just rock out. And if you sell like 50 albums, great. Um, it, my, my point is like, I think, I think it's tough because in capitalism um, things are always quantified by value with money. Right. Like, does this make money? How much money? And therefore like the more money it makes, the more valuable it is, the, the more, you know, the more it sells, the more you make, the more value you get. And so, Oh, uh, by the way, Salazar said, so I'm a professional animator too. I animated a couple logos and just sold them. Yes. Yeah. Congrats. Welcome to the club, dude. Um, but yeah. And you know, being a consistent professional, you just keep going, keep selling. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I feel like that's the one, like I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of elements of capitalism, but I think that's one of the downsides of capitalism is it, it, it tries to confuse people and make them feel like value and beauty is somehow contingent to consumer capital. And it's like, so, and I think that's real. I know this is getting a little off track, but my point is I think that is what's tied into that feeling undervalued because a lot of that or, or undervalued for yourself. Like you feel like, Oh, well I haven't worked for these big clients and I'm not in the same league as these people. Um, I feel like a lot of that is just more of like, no, it's just maybe what you've made hasn't made as much capital as those people, or maybe it has made as much capital, but just not as much capital with clout, you know? Right. Um, and, and to me, that doesn't, that doesn't signify value at all. I've met plenty of crappy illustrators who got great gigs, you know? And I've met plenty of brilliant illustrators who got like the short end of the stick and never got gigs. And then like some who like never found work, like they just still to this day can't get that first client. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't indicate their value as any less, you know what I mean? And yeah. I always feel like this is something I used to tell early illustrators and designers. If you're starting to feel intimidated like to call yourself an illustrator or to approach clients, 
just take a walk from your local grocery store and you know look at everything that has illustration there and i guarantee you're going to find something that has a worse drawing than your own skill that somebody got paid to do yep and um you know, walk through Barnes and Noble, you're going to see a bunch of stuff that just makes you feel like completely out of place, like stuff that's amazing, stuff that's mind-blowingly good. But you're going to find that occasional book where you're like, how did that person get hired? And realize that person got hired, you can get hired. Um, and that's that's all there is to it. I'm, but the label thing is such a trap. I mean, it, it makes sense. We need labels in society to like communicate. It's like language is all labels anyway. We're making these weird sounds to differentiate from the sounds, right? We need those those linguistic, you know, things to be able to communicate. So part of communication is labeling and labeling is really important for communication, but don't let the communication become a trap for like what, what your significance is as an artist, you know, or as a human being. And also don't be fooled and this isn't to us, but it's for anybody like listening. Like if you feel like you're on a college campus and every professor there is a genius, um, you haven't been a professor. <laughs> it, we're, there's a bunch of human beings who took a lot of extra classes and a lot of them got higher education. And there are a lot of really brilliant people, but even some of those brilliant people have really stupid ideas. Um, there's a lot of people with great degrees with crap for ideas and, yeah. and vice versa. There's, there's a lot of people with no degrees who have brilliant ideas. And there's a lot of people with a lot of bad ideas that have some great ideas that exceed um, the best ideas of the smartest minds. So it's like, don't let those labels like, you know, um, pigeonhole you or, or make you like feel less than. And yet I, I while I'm saying all that, I catch myself doing that all the time. Like the NCF, yeah. like I said, I still feel out of place there. I still feel like I snuck, I pulled a fast one. Um, somehow I snuck in. Right. I kind of feel like one thing that makes me feel a little better is from talking to other people there. I feel like they feel that way too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things that, you know, like if, if you just get, if I get stuck in my head too much, um, then I realize that, or I start to, I start to just, you know, you start like huffing your own fumes and you just kind of like, you're not thinking straight. When I, when I step back and I logically go through it, I understand that, you know, the, the emotion of imposter syndrome, the, the illogical nature of it, the math just doesn't add up. You know what I mean? But 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 I don't know. It's an interesting thing with with labels because I think labels have a weight to them, and I'm and I'm often very uncomfortable with the weight. Like I I'm I'm often I, I think I think I'm very concerned about being misunderstood um, as a communicator, and I'm very under I'm 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 very concerned about being miscategorized as well. And so um, it's really it's just a it's just a really interesting battle because. You know, like often it's like when somebody asks you this, this has happened to me a number of times. And I'm sure it happens to a lot of people. They're like, oh, you're an artist. They've never seen your work. Do you want to illustrate my children's book that I wrote? And I always want to be like, what if I suck? Like you, you have no idea like whether my, you know, my like, quiver of arrows has anything to do with your story. Like you don't know if I'm the right artist, you know, you're just like, and so then there's this, I almost always just be like, you know, I'm almost always just trying to, <laughs> to dissuade them from that situation because as soon as, as soon as they, they hear, Oh, you're an animator or Oh, you're whatever. They immediately paint a picture in their mind that I just imagine a hundred percent of the time is wholly inaccurate. Yeah. Whether it's, whether it's, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you know, the, the verbal or written label compared to the, the actual work that I've produced is never going to be accurate. And for some reason that really bothers me when, 
you know, when I'm talking to people who they've got an MFA and I've only got a master's, you know, or they've done whatever, you know, and there's, they, they teach, uh, you know, figure drawing or head drawing, which is something that I struggle with or whatever. And then, and then they're like, Oh, you're an illustrator. And I, I always want to be like, well, not like you, you know, or whatever, or I don't know. It's just this weird, I, I, the, the, the weight of the assumption um, in, in that conversation or, or in that, in that label becomes, becomes problematic for me. Yeah. And I'm not sure why it's not that I, you know, it's not that I'm concerned about the, the effects of that. I, I think I just, I, I think human beings have a deep seated desire to want to be understood for who they are authentically. Um, and I think that's, I think that's part of human relationships and interpersonal connection. Um, yeah. it's been part of, it's part of intimacy, you know, I mean, if you get, if you get married and you're in a good marriage, um, the idea is that you, uh, you get to know that person and they get to know you for all of your faults and they see through all of your BS and, uh, still decide to stay with you. There's a level of acceptance that's, that's there that um, that isn't in other relationships. And so on the flip side of that, like if you take the best type of relationship, the opposite side of that to me is somebody who thinks they know me or thinks they understand me, but the things that they think they understand or know about me are, are assumptions that are wholly incorrect and inadequate to, to describe what it is. So I don't, I don't know if it's a quality thing for me, though sometimes it is. But it's just a, like, uh, that's not, I can just see it in your eyes that what you're thinking right now isn't who I am. Yeah. No, I understand that. Um, I think um, one thing that I, I think you're touching on is like, it's kind of a, a unavoidable because, because it's like inevitably um, people have a false perception of things. And I'll actually use this um, recent uh, party I had for my, my six-year-old um, as an example, because there's this guy, Chris, who's the, uh, the parent of one of the, one of the kids uh, that my son is friends with. And he's, he's a brilliant guy. He's like a um, engineer who has worked on like, uh, he helped design a bunch of aircraft that's in the Smithsonian, you know? And he was like one of the key guys, like not the like, guys doing the little components he was doing like the big vision stuff of like you know working at the aerodynamics and stuff of this thing and anytime i get that guy in a room i think he gets annoyed with me i don't know he 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 always talks to me and and we get along but i always feel like he's getting annoyed with me because i'm like oh you designed spacecraft let's talk about like so tell me about the space shuttle. Tell me about all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just making these assumptions based on the idea of like, you're an engineer, you worked on weird, cool, top secret aircraft stuff. And you understand weird stuff about physics that kind of melts my brain a little bit. So let's talk about all of that stuff. And he can kind of touch on some of it, but I can definitely tell there are areas where he's like, that's way outside of my expertise, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I jumped to a lot of conclusions based on that because I'm in my mind, somebody like doing that and then like training test pilots, like that's a whole different thing. And I associate it with all this weird stuff that probably is not at all factual to what it is. I, I have a cousin who is a, is a, an engineer at NASA and I do that to him all the time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, so there's this thing. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, you're talking like theoretical physics. Like I come up with the chemistry for the liquid fuel, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm in charge of like solid, solid fuel things for propulsion. <laughs> and you're talking about like, you're like, yeah, but talk about space stuff and make it really cool. You know, um, and he can do it, but it, it is in his field of expertise. Yeah. So I do, I do the same thing all the time. I'm like, you work at NASA. You must know everything about physics. Yeah. So, you know, we do it to other people all the time. And, and I actually, I actually feel like we're in a better position to call ourselves cartoonists than when I was going to college. Like when I first uh, was going to college to become like an illustrator, I remember explaining to people, including staff, including staff that were illustrators, 
um, that I wanted to do comic books and cartooning. And they'd all like always assume I meant Sunday funnies or right. like superhero books. Yeah. And, and any relative, anybody I met on the street, like anyone, if they're like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm working on a comic. They're like, Oh, cool. Is it, is it like, I really like family circus and stuff. And I'm like, it's not really, um, I mean, yes, that's a comic, but, um, okay. How do we begin this conversation? You know, it was, no, I feel like there is a benefit. Like it annoyed me for a while that people called it graphic novels. And I'm like, it's not graphic. It's like, you know, it's not like, it makes it sound like we're making pornography or something, you know, (laughs) after a while I was like, you know what? It's a good thing that that's in pop culture because it doesn't take long to explain. I'm working on a graphic novel and rarely I don't get that as often where people are like, Oh, that's great. I love Spider-Man. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the movie popularity, it's starting to come back in vogue where people are like a graphic novel. I loved Avengers. And I'm like, yeah, see the thing, the thing about um, like we're talking about labels. See, I, I, I really don't like the term graphic novel. It's not that I dislike it, but I, I like, I like the term comics better. And I, to mm-hmm. me, it's like there shouldn't, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with comics, but but I understand why people sometimes well, they'll use the term graphic novel because, like you said, I mean, it it, it 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 just has a different connotation than comics, even though really they're the same thing. And when, when the th- I guess I guess the reason why I don't like the term graphic novel as much is that the people that if you say, "Oh, that's a cool comic," and then if they say, "No, it's a graphic novel," right. <laughs> <laughs> see, and I don't want to be associated with those people. Yeah. No, I don't those people but i do really appreciate a term that helps me bypass the explanation if i can yeah, no. and right. i was, was kind of curious between you guys when somebody i mean i guess with Corey, it's probably different because you're an, an educator and, with, and i guess with you too josh because you can say i'm an art director but like with me i always struggle when people ask what i do right. um, i used to say i was a cartoonist but because of the same reasons josh talked about i kind of stopped doing that and then um, I don't cross cartoons. What's that? <laughs> Just, I was giving you another pat response to yeah. cartoonists. Oh, my kid draws cartoons. Right. So usually when people ask me, it's like, because I do so many different things that at first I say, well, I'm an artist. And then I say, I do illustration and graphic design because hopefully between those three things, somebody will know what one of those things are. Because if I just say I'm an artist, it could be, it's just, that's just too vague. And then they usually think, well, you probably, you're not actually working. (laughs) And then, uh, and then, you know, but if you say illustrator, not everyone understands what illustrator is. So, so I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what I go to, but I I need something better. Yeah. And like, and, and, and you, you hit on, you hit on a point that is, is huge for me is, that like for you, um, you know, you, you are a freelancer, right? And I don't know if you identify as a freelancer or whatever, but you are a full-time self-employed right. individual who's making hundred percent of your income and you're, you're living, you're living well and you're paying your bills and you, and you, you know, it's, it's, it's just as valid, if not more valid and more impressive than somebody who's got a day job. But I always hesitate to talk about that because people who don't have any work and are unemployed will often call themselves entrepreneurs or, yeah. you know, it's like a business owner doesn't call himself an entrepreneur. He's right. like, I'm, I'm a business owner. I own this business, you know, yeah. and somebody who's somebody who's actually a freelancer can often get confused with somebody who's like, I hope I have clients. I'm a freelancer. And that's what their LinkedIn profile says. Right. And that's one of those things where it's like, you know, like, there's no way that Scott Circlin should be put in the same category as somebody who's never had a client that's paid more than 30 bucks for something, you know, no, that's a fair point. Cause I remember this is when I was in the peak of like doing in-house uh, freelance or out of house freelance illustration. And that was like my full-time job. And I'd meet people who'd be like, I'm a freelance illustrator too. And I'd be like, Oh, cool. And then I'd find out they make like a hundred bucks a year. And they're living off of somebody else's income. And I was like, oh, well, that's different. Really, we're not really doing the same thing. <laughs> like, you know, it, it it's like it is a weird thing. But then, 
you know, like here's the thing that I kind of feel like though, this is why I always double down calling myself a cartoonist. I feel like it's kind of on us as cartoonists, as illustrators, as graphic designers, you know, in these fields that are, that have so often been kind of like made fun of by like fine artists and by like kind of snarky people. I think it's great to just double down and be like, I'm a cartoonist. Like I call myself a cartoonist and I know a lot of people who do autobio comics that try to avoid that type of terminology just because it's not, it's, it might kind of turn off the elite or whatever. But to me, it's like, screw the elite. I'm a cartoonist and I'm doing an autobio comic about faith and mental illness. Try to digest that. All right, good luck. Yes. Next week. You know, like (laughs) I think proudly kind of, owning some of the labels like kind of in the way punk rock did it's not like punk was something they came up with themselves it was something they were being called initially and then they were just like yeah i'm a punk (laughs) you know like it's like i think there is kind of a joy to owning some of the labels and similarly with freelance i've heard a lot of people make arguments against using that term like freelance makes it sound like it's free you know there's a lot of stuff like that but Um, I think a lot of it's just explaining what freelance is. And then the people who are faking it, like people who are fake entrepreneurs, once you have somebody who's a legit entrepreneur, who's like, I'm an entrepreneur and I started this business and they kind of start explaining it. You're like, oh crap. Like an actual entrepreneur is a little different than like, you know, Bob down the street who, you know, wanted to start a oil sales company or something. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of it's 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 the guy it's I always think of the guy in Baby Mama who was really disappointed when they came out with the iPhone because he had that idea. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, sure you did. So did so did 500 other people who are never gonna do anything. So um so here's here's an interesting thing, right? I I I on the flip side, just to argue with myself and like fully come out as a crazy person. Um, I found it very liberating to finally claim some of these labels. Yeah. Like, and, and so I don't want anybody to think that you're not allowed to, I think the only person who's not allowed to call themselves something is the person who doesn't do that thing. Exactly. But if you do it and you do it really poorly because you're still learning, I think you can still call yourself that thing. And and that's where it gets a little messy though. But like as soon as I as soon as I claimed that, as soon as I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim an illustrator. I'm I, I'm gonna claim that label. It's when people ask me what I do, I'm no longer because I used to say, I used to say I'm a creative because I felt like that was like the the least committal thing I could do. Like it's so vague that either they're not going to ask. Because I was kind of like a, a jack of all trades. I was a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, I didn't specialize in anything, but yeah. I was moderately proficient enough in almost every type of media that I, I made a living at it. You know, I was able to I was able to earn, you know, average to good money doing, you know, above average stuff and everything, but not really excelling in any particular field. Um, and so just describing it as I, I'm a creative, they would kind of be like, oh, that was a weird answer. I don't know what to do with that, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But as soon as I started, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to set out to do this thing. I'm going to learn how to draw, you know, I'm, I'm going to start this comic. I'm going to learn how to draw. I'm going to, I'm going to move forward with this thing. Um, I, I went for months still uh, equivocating and watering down a stake in the ground that I had committed to. And when I finally said, and at the time I was significantly worse than I am now. Um, I, cause I was starting like everybody is that you're always bad when you start by definition, right? It's just, yeah. So I said, uh, you know, I finally started saying like, yeah, I'm a comic book artist. I'm an illustrator. I'm an artist. I draw things. As soon as I started owning those labels, uh, it, it opened up for me. Uh, yeah. And it was really interesting. So Kayla, Kayla has a question here. Great. Um, I, I get a bit of client work here and there, but I've yet to call myself a professional because I don't make much. How much money does someone have to make to be considered a professional? And I know that I'm going to disagree with what Josh is about to say. So I'm going to let you say it first. And then uh, I would say uh, talk to a tax guy. Cause it's not much. 
Um, yeah, that's true. The IRS is going to consider you a professional. You're a professional. So, yeah. Right. And that's a low bar. It's what, like a couple hundred bucks now. Yeah. I think like after you've made about 500 bucks, you have to report it. So, and I think it might be lower now, like 250. So. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is lower. So. Uh, I think if a kid makes a comic and goes to, a, you know, and, and sells it to somebody, yeah. I think, I think they're a professional. I don't I, know. Scott, I think, I think you can be a professional at something. You have to be getting paid to do it. There's no like equivocating about the amount. Now, you know, are you a good professional at it? I don't know. I can't say. Like, I don't know what kind of work you're getting. Are you a, you know, well, successful and, and professional? I think those are two different things while we're talking about labels. So, I mean. And, and here's where I'll weigh in and say, I, as, as somebody who teaches communications at a university level, I don't like vague terminology. Mm-hmm. And professional is meaningless to me because there are so many different ways that it's not a clear communication. So someone hears, you know, I'm a professional. They could be meaning I get paid to do this for a living, but they could be trying to communicate, you know, or or the other person could understand, Oh, there's a certain level of quality that I'm going to receive because you just use the word professional. And there's also just like uh, an expectation of a certain behavior communication style that is professional or unprofessional. So for me, there are so many, there are so many definitions that conflict with each other. That is such an unclear label that I, I don't like it and I don't choose to use it because it's, because it's poor communication. And I would go yeah. with something that's more, more specific. So I would say to Kayla, like, what is it that you're trying to achieve by communicating that thing? And if you're trying to achieve getting more work, getting more paying work, I would be specific and I would niche down and I would say, I'm an animator. I'm a motion graphic artist. I'm, I'm a, I'm an illustrator. I'm a, whatever it is, the thing that you want to do more and that you are currently doing claim that thing, but claiming professional to me. And I know this, I know this is, this sounds insulting. I don't mean it this way, but claiming professional to me sounds like a little kid trying to convince you of something. And it, it always like, I, I don't meet actual professionals that need to try to convince people that they are professionals because you just know, because yeah. they're, they're doing the work. You can see it and they've niched down in a specific area. Let um, me counter that just with a little bit of the dictionary. So a professional is just related to or connected with a profession. So if it is your profession, right. uh, you are a professional. That's, that's, you know, that's generally a good way to kind of term it. So like, but I agree with Corey in the sense of like if you're claiming professional and you've done like three tiny jobs, when you get into the weeds with that client, that potential buyer if they find out like you're calling yourself a professional, but you've done like two or three small paid gigs, they might be like, Oh, you're faking, you know? Right. Um, and, and so I would agree with that as well. And also it can like have the illusion of somebody walking around being like, I'm a professional. Look at me. Um, I'm the most honest person I know. Just ask me. I never lie. Trust me. Um, you should really trust me because I'm a suit. You know, it's just, I think, I think she doth protest too much. I, agree. I always, I always quote that wrong, but, um, but yeah. So, and I think a lot of people are in that boat. I, I would consider myself in that boat. You know, I mean, I don't make like, uh, there, the, the illustration society, I think, I think there's an illustration society out there. And, uh, to be a member of the illustration society, you have to earn a certain percentage of your income from illustration uh, to even be considered as a member. Uh, I don't, I don't meet that threshold. Um, you know, and so by certain standards, um, you know, you could kind of eliminate anyone, you know, and they're, they're, they're trying to rule out, you know, somebody who well, I made, you know, I made 50 bucks on five jobs last year. And so, you know, I want to be part of the society or whatever. They're trying to say, no, we need people that are making, you know, more than 50% of your income, Yeah. you know, or whatever. Um, and, and I think it, it just goes back to, you know, does, does it matter? And what are you trying to achieve? And that's where I, that's why I think this whole thought process in my mind bugs me because mm-hmm. I don't know why, I don't know why I do it because I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't affect my bottom line. I'm not making any more or less money. 
I don't know why I have this mental battle with the whole label thing. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. I don't know. And, I, and things that I don't understand, they just bother me. So I think that's, I don't know. I just think, I, I think that's why I, why I did that. But if, but if you're struggling with it, I would, I would look at what are your goals and what are you trying to communicate? And, yeah. uh, and, and there's probably a different word that would help you with that better. The labels thing, I think, is is a difficult conversation to have, too, because it is necessary to have labels. Right. Like, imagine going into a grocery store where there are no labels. Like, and all, know, the, all the packaging is the same? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you'd have a nightmare time making decisions. So, like, labels help decisions. However, um, you know, the annoying thing about labels is once people have kind of labeled you with something, or let's say you pick the wrong label, you pick the wrong packaging, um, you know, you could have people falsely perceive what you're all about. And, uh, and so that's, that's, that's where it gets into branding and all that fun. And that's an expectations game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point because that's a big thing with me is, uh, in, in, in my, in my professional life, uh, one of the things I pride myself on that I do really well with, with clients and with employers and with coworkers is I really try to manage expectations accurately. And so um, I, I never try to undersell myself and I never try to oversell myself. And I always try to communicate as best I can what's actually going on in the situation. Um, and so, because if people expect a five and they get a five, they're happy with that, right? But if they expect if they expect a 10 and they get a five, the quality is exactly the same or the quantity is exactly the same, but they're unhappy with that. And so- that's I think I think I I think that comment Josh kind of nailed for me my problem with it is I like to communicate clearly expectations and labels are a difficult way to do that because of the the baggage that they come with and so yeah. if if somebody is expecting me to be you know uh, Dan Styles or something like that's not who I am yeah but no, I but I, I fit into the same category as him. 100% relate. I mean, I'm, I, it's no secret that I kind of lean left politically. And one of my biggest pet peeves is, when I meet somebody who leans to the right is they'll always try to frame our conversation before we even get into it as you're left wing. So you're for big government and you're, and, and they just kind of go to like, and I'm for small government. And I'm like, wait, where'd you get that idea? Right. Like, well, where did that idea even come from? Was that something I said? Like, yeah. was that something a candidate I, I like said? Like, I, I don't know anyone who's like in the political frame that I am who would be like, I'm for big government. But it's this weird, it's a very easy like tagline to kind of slap on with a label. Right. So I, because of that, I can understand why a lot of people are like, more hesitant to kind of even get into the fray by like saying their their political leaning because once again you say you lean one way and people make a blanket assumption about everything you're every way you vote everything you support um it's similar to like if you call yourself an illustrator well now you can't be a cartoonist but if you're a cartoonist can you be an illustrator and like it's it most artists i know are like this uh, like I, actually i think all three of us are a good example we're all graphic designers yeah. we all do graphic design pretty proficiently we're all letterers we all do pretty good custom lettering we can all do branding and we can all do illustration and we all do comics and Corey does animation and we sometimes play at doing animation <laughs> you do it hey you can't you can't you can't go down this road and call me a letterer and not call yourself an animator but anyway, my point is like we're we're not usually like confined to one of the categories. So right. it is difficult when like like Scott, like when you're branding your business, I can see where it's hard to like brand it because do you say graphic designer? Because then people may miss the fact that you can draw and you draw incredibly well and that you love illustration and and you you're an illustrator at heart too. It's like if you call yourself an illustrator, do people get that you can do graphic design? It's, it's a hard thing to like kind of um, confine ourselves to labels. And so it's like, how do we kind of conveniently find a way to list it all without? Yeah, I, and I can't even like begin 
to explain like the stuff that I'm doing now with these digital products. I mean, and yeah. I've talked to people that do that. That's their sole business is designing these digital products and, their, and how they explain it to people. And like, that people, you know, people just don't get it. Wait, people, you don't, it's just like, it's just digital. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you, this makes money and, you know, I don't know if that's been used before, but we should actually like copyright that and you should use that. Call yourself a fontrepreneur. Fontrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I mean, that, that is sort of, again, that's like one small aspect of the whole thing. I just, I don't know. I, it, that's the problem. Like, I mean, I could say I'm an entrepreneur, but I, you know, I don't, I, it, I, in some ways, I think of myself as that, but that's not something that I say that I am. Yeah, um, like, I do. Like, I like the term creative, but I wouldn't tell. I used it. I, I refer to myself as a creative amongst other creatives because I think that puts us all in the same. No matter what you do, we are part of this. We're part of the same group. We're all creatives right. here. Problem but if, if you, somebody, what's that? If you say creative to like you know, um, uh, what my friend used to refer to as muggles. It's like, not yeah, no, I would never, that's the thing. I would never refer to myself as a creative to anyone that's not, uh, not also a creative, you know, I yeah. do just because I don't want to have the conversation sometimes, you know, anyhow, sorry. <laughs> entrepreneur. There you go. That's, you know, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I, do, I, I just, you know, it is who does, who does just one thing. How could I, I don't think I could do just one thing. It's so easy if you can if you just have a job and that's what you do and you're this thing, but I'm not like that. I got all kinds of other. I don't know. I, I can't sum it up. There's it's just impossible. Yeah, I think I even knew from a very young age that I would never be able to describe my occupation, like just because I my interests are so varied, you know. And and I think uh, I think that's why a lot of my YouTube videos don't do that well is because I'm like. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about like fifth century BCE Greece and how that relates to today's <laughs> political climate, and then tie that into like the problem that we have economically with creatives right now, and that everybody's like, there's so many weird connections that you just made that I I'm out, you know, and why are you talking for 40 minutes? But but yeah, it's it's but I mean that's like most most creatives I know are super interested in so many different things that like one of the, one of the challenges that a lot of us have is just physical limitations of time and sleep and food and like, you know, like money, like, you know, very, you, you get to, you get to a certain level once you break past that resistance where it's like, it's not that I'm out of ideas. It's that I have so many ideas that I will never get to before I die, you know? And, some of them are going to be, you know, lettering digital products and others are going to be this long form graphic novel and others are going to be short films and, and whatever. And it just becomes this really interesting thing. And that, that kind of also comes down to labels. Like I'm filling out this profile right now that I feel like I have no business filling out. Like I'm, I'm going to be applying for film festivals um, where there are, you know, quote unquote, real filmmakers who have real credits and this is what they they've gone to film school, you know, and this is what they've dedicated their life to. And I'm going to throw my, my 50 day animation in there, you know, and I learned how to use after effect, la after effects last year. I taught myself. <laughs> so like, I just, I mean, there I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at all the titles that they're like, they're, they're like asking you to like give yourself a title. This is where this all came from. I'm realizing I was filling this out last night. I'm, I'm looking at this. And I'm like, Am I a producer? Am I a director? And am I an animator? I don't know. I did everything in this thing. Yeah. And but I don't want to claim to be those things because I know people that do that thing professionally full time for Warner Brothers and Pixar. <laughs> like I know these guys and I'm not them, you know. But yeah. then I but they but they need to know who you are because they need to know like how to categorize you so that they can they can judge it and they can, it can be juried and they can like decide on a, you know, some sort of quantifiable scale, whether you belong in their festival and where you rank. But like going through that process, I'm like, 
I don't know. I drew a bunch of pictures. I made a move. I'm going to make funny noises into a microphone. What yep. do you want to call that? Well, well, and something to kind of backtrack on with that is like, realize like that's like, I mean, there's this guy named Walt Disney who did the same exact thing. What do you call that? Right. You know, it's, I think it becomes easier to kind of accept and embrace labels. If you start thinking about all the people you admire um, right. Just think about like what they particularly, you know, what you would call them and then, and then try to apply that to you. So, you know, I think, I think that helped me get over the illustration hump because like illustrations, a heavy label, man, calling yourself an illustrator. There's a lot of talent in that pool. And I mean, that, that means you're putting yourself in the same category as like, you know, Sendak, right? Norman Rockwell, like these legends, like mass legends um, have all been illustrators. But, you know, similarly, like it, it you got to realize it's, it's a label in the sense of like, if you're a builder, it doesn't mean you're building the same way as another builder. It's just putting you in the category of builder. You build something. We're in a trade, you know, it's a trade. It's like a, it's a skill. It's, it's not necessarily um, something where it like has to, like just by calling yourself an illustrator, suddenly you're dooming yourself to be compared to like all the great illustrators, you know? Um, another thing to keep in mind, and this just goes out there for illustrators and professional commercial artists is like, we shouldn't have a problem calling ourselves an artist either. There's a lot of graphic designers and cartoonists and illustrators who've worked for years to be able to call themselves artists. And we're finally at a tipping point, I think, in society where you can. You can actually say, I'm an artist. Um, and I think that's a good thing. So I'm not sure what's happening with Scott. I think there's like a some kind of craziness going on in there. Maybe maybe the dog or something. I don't know. He's muted himself. The, uh, there was this huge thunderbolt. Just I mean, it was the loudest one I've probably ever heard. And it was just like I wish I kind of wish I had the mic on so you guys could have heard it. But I heard part of it. It was like loud. Was thunderbolt. It sent. I thought I was like the first one you heard. The last one that just happened when my mic was muted. It was like it. It sounded like it was just right on top of me. Man, crazy. <laughs> Was it That's very, amazing. very frightening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know that we're going to solve this one. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. definitely talked about it for a long time. It's a good one. So, yeah. So, uh, I guess to wrap this up, I think, uh, you know, try to get try to get comfortable with whatever works for you and keeps you making stuff because the labels don't matter as much as the things you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know when I get when I get really dark and I get and I get and I get uh, and I get into my own head too much. I try to remind myself, not in a prideful way, but just in like a like you know you spend you know you spend a good fifteen to twenty five hours a week unpaid doing this thing. You can you can call yourself whatever the heck you want, <laughs> you know. So it's I, I just try to keep in mind you know the what I'm producing and what I'm doing you know, allows, affords me the, the right to, to, to claim whatever, you know, and, and, uh, and that's fine. You know, I, I think it's abnormal. I think about, I, I talked to my students about this. Um, the only, the only difference between um, incredible and exceptional people and the rest of us is that exceptional people choose to do exceptional things. Yeah. They're not, for the most part, I mean, there's the occasional like weird genius or whatever, but for the most part, exceptional people happen to be normal people who have chosen to do exceptional things. And it's an exceptional thing to spend your free time uh, sacrificing and making stuff. Yep. And so if, if at any point in time I get into my, I get into my weird downward spiral, I remind myself like, you know, at least I might've played too many video games last week or whatever, but at least I did play, you know, at least I didn't play 50 hours of video games last week. And I actually spent more time 
producing something than I spent entertaining myself. So there's that. Yeah. And I, and I agree. I, I would just reiterate to just the, the point of even if you are hung up on labels, earn your labels. Yeah. You know? And so like use it as a motivator. Um, if it becomes demotivating, then just get rid of it. Who cares? Call yourself a unicorn. I'm just bringing that back, but um, <laughs> it's um, a specific industry term now. Yeah. But, but anyhow, <laughs> call yourself whatever you want. Yeah. If the labels get in your way, but if the labels are a good motivating factor, like for me, I, I take pride in calling myself a cartoonist because there's such a great history of cartooning and I feel really fortunate to be a part of it. And I feel like I'm a part of it, but I don't think I'm a part of it unless I'm earning that part. I don't yeah. think I have to be published by like random house tomorrow to be calling that title. But I do sure as hell. Like today, if I didn't cartoon, I would not call myself a cartoonist for the day. That's something I, I intentionally set out. And, and you guys can kind of see like, um, Corey, when we had your friend on who, who was struggling to write. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to him today. Yeah. We were doing like the, the drill with him, like the, the kind of like motivating drill. And I think one of the main questions was like, you know, and one of the things we were reiterating to him was like, if you want to call yourself a writer, you have to be writing. Yep. It, so if you wrote today, you earned that title. But if right. you didn't write today, don't call yourself a writer. And I'm a big fan of that. So I, I feel like um, tomorrow, if I decide to take a day off, great. But I can't call myself a cartoonist that day. And that works for me. I'm not saying that works yeah. for everybody. Yeah. But um, but I feel like embrace the the title and the label as long as you're doing the work. You know, if you're not doing the work, then you're not in the trenches. And I feel like you know, just be a consumer, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's fine. Be one of those crazy fans that makes me uncomfortable to be part of the fandom that you're part of. It's okay. <laughs> so, just kidding. so uh, Scott, where can we find your stuff? Uh, you can find me at circworks.com. I also uh, have a Patreon now, so you can find me on circworks at Patreon somewhere. I think there's a, probably a fan in here. Or I got it. Like it. It's up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Cool. And uh, Josh, where can we find your stuff? Uh, you can find my stuff at joshuakemble.com, and you can also uh, check out Quarterly Stories at quarterlystories.com. That's my story about faith and mental illness um, that, uh, that I handwrite, hand letter, and hand ink, and then hand to you, hopefully someday in print, maybe soon, because I, I have about two pages left to finish. Um and then you can also check it out at tapas.io by searching for quarterly stories. Um, and that's the way you should read it if you're reading it on your phone or your Android or iOS device. Um, and uh, while you're there, uh, subscribe because that helps me get new readers and stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and you can find my stuff at coreycur.com. And uh, it's killing me that I can't show you guys my, my animation right now because I really want to, but uh, you can find older stuff that I did a couple months ago on there. Um, and if you want to check out how we're doing this and stream, like we stream, you can go to coreycurecom slash 48 HR and uh, you'll see a little link at the top. We're using stream deck. There's a free version. That's pretty slick. There's a paid version that uh, we've been trying out now for uh, about a month and, and we like it. So it's pretty good. Um, yeah. And uh, I've got a, I don't know how you pronounce that, but a Kofi or cough. I think it's coffee, but it's KO dash F I. Yeah, that's what it is. I don't know. It's a thing where you can leave me a tip or something. I don't know. I'm trying out this new thing where, uh, if, if, if people want to, uh, throw me a couple bucks, I'm going to give them a way to do it. So that's, that's on there. You can check that out. Uh, anyway, uh, this is great. And, uh, yeah. So label, label yourselves, however you guys would like. And, and we'll see you guys in a couple of days. Go make stuff so that you can justify it. Word. <laughs>